Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new and settling stories, taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. When I was around 24, I moved out to an apartment near my college, since the dorms were unavailable and overall just not as spacious. However, I quickly realized that renting would be very expensive, especially for a college student. Thankfully, I was able to meet up with another student who wanted a buddy, and lucky me, he's a chef in the works and would love to cook every other night without me having to pay him. I would basically be his tester and read his cooking. Our first month together was the best. He made such exotic meals, they could only be found at high-end restaurants. Almost every cook night would be something I would look forward to. However, one Saturday morning, I woke up to some tummy ache. I had to rush to the bathroom and puked my guts out. I was actually surprised by this and went to my roommate who was making breakfast. He was surprised to hear this too and checked yesterday's leftovers, but didn't see anything bad. I figured it could have been that I simply ate too much, since prior to dinner last night, I hit the gym and lifted a little heavier than usual. Every other night, in no partial pattern, I would experience more belly pain, kind of like both in and on my stomach. I assumed my habits of working out hard had to be the reason, coupled with eating a lot afterwards. But I also noticed that after eating, I would get so tired and usually go to bed right after which never happened before moving in with my roommate. I also noticed that he always plated my food for me, and if I tried to help out or pour it myself, he would tell me that I would ruin his masterpiece. I can understand what he means, but it still made me a little suspicious. I finally decided to open up about this and talk to a close friend about it. She told me that she would stay with me for the night because I was suspicious that he was doing something to me but couldn't for the life of me figure out if he really was. Now mind you, I know that I probably should move out and find another place to live, but I still had a few months on the lease, and I didn't really have enough money to just up and leave. So that night, everything went as normal. I came home from the gym and had dinner with my roommate. But as I'm finishing up, my friend shows up, and I pretend that I forgot to mention that my girlfriend, not really, just to make it believable, was sleeping over. Surprisingly, my roommate took this very well. It was about that time I started to get tired, and I went to my room and soon fell asleep. So this is the perspective from my friend. She also went into my room and saw that I was fast asleep in quite a deep manner, but she knows very well that I'm a light sleeper. In fact, breathing hard enough could wake me up most nights. But she was patting and shaking me, and I just would not budge. Hours later, my friend woke up to the sound of the door opening. She stayed still, but from her original position, could see the door, and from adjusting to the darkness, she could see someone peeking in. At least five minutes passed by, and whoever it was, most likely my roommate, left and didn't come back the rest of the night. When I ultimately woke up, I didn't feel any sort of pain or discomfort, and my friend told me everything including that she was worried that my roommate was the cause of my discomfort in the first place. 
So for a week, I decided to stay with her, and occasionally I would get texts from my roommate asking when I was coming back, including sending pictures of his delicious food. As much as I wanted to stay with my friend, I couldn't because she lived far from the college and it was a hassle trying to get to and from class. However, she did give me the idea of buying some secret spy cameras that look like regular things. So I bought two small wall clocks and two charger plugs. The layout of my room when looking from above is basically door on the upper left side of the room, TV and small table that it stands on, and the left center side of the room. Bed is on the right back corner of the room, and closet is at the front center. I set one clock to face the door, the other clock next to my closet facing me. I set one of the chargers in the wall opposite of where I slept, and then one in the plug right above where I slept. I thought that the positioning would be suspicious, but hopefully he wouldn't notice. Night came with the same routine. I went to bed that night and woke up around the same time I normally do with my belly aching. I then logged into my laptop and reviewed the footage. What I saw is what I expected, although I don't think that I could have been as prepared for it as I had hoped. In the middle of the night, he came in the room, and he had something in his hand. He came in as if I wasn't home, and what my friend had said was right. It was like I was dead asleep. He pulled the blankets off of me and began rubbing me before revealing the object to be a toy. He proceeded to torture me while whispering something that sounded like how he wishes that I loved him and why he can't do this to me when I'm awake. I think this lasted for like half an hour before he ultimately got up and left the room. I was in complete shock that I went straight to the bathroom and puked profusely for what felt like minutes on end. I felt so absolutely violated by this act, but even more, I was fearful of what my roommate was capable of. I never ate another meal from him, and as much as I could, I would either sleep over at a friend's house or have them over with me. I installed a lock on my door to have a key, since the previous door only had those basic locks that can be opened with a screwdriver. I never spoke to my roommate the same, and he noticed this. Multiple times, he tried to have a sit-down with me, as if he was concerned for me, but I always brought up excuses that I'm late for something and needed to leave. I talked to my friend about this, and she forced me to speak with the college. I really didn't want to talk about this, but I eventually did, and I even showed them the footage. I don't know what happened to my roommate afterwards, but he was evicted from the apartment and probably expelled from school. I don't know if he did this to other roommates, if I was the first or the last. If he did this to anybody else, I hope that there were real consequences attached to it, like jail time. It makes me feel weird to say this, but if he does go to jail, I hope that he gets the same experience of what he did to me. This story is 100% the truth, and I'd take any lie detector test that was sent my way. We lived in a house that had an outhouse when I was a kid. No indoor toilet. We had running water, but just couldn't get a proper septic system in there. The outhouse was up the hill a ways, about 30 yards. This was in a valley. My nearest neighbor was about four miles away. Good luck if you need an emergency service. We had three dogs. Biggest of all was a lab mix named Boo Bear. I'm going to try to speed through some of these details 
but it all makes sense at the end. Boo is a very loyal and territorial dog. Didn't matter what time of day it was, he'd go with you up to the outhouse and sit outside to wait. This was normal behavior for years. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about him and welling up with tears too. He was a damn good dog. One night, my mom needed to go and he went out with her. We'd normally just walk up, do our business, head back, and go back to sleep. We had no air conditioning, just windows and fans. Boo followed mom up there, and this time he was between mom and the woods. There was a solid tree line around the house that you couldn't see into, like at all. I've hunted it, but I'd get my ass back to the house before it got even close to dark. Boo felt or heard something out there. The more my mom tried to get up, the more he was growling. He never behaved this way. My mom, a devout Baptist, swears on the Bible that she heard what sounded like grunting coming out of the woods. She could feel something either stomping or punching the ground. My mom was raised by some serious hillbillies and isn't scared of anything in the woods, so she forced her way up there to go to the bathroom. She thought it was a deer, as they'll do that in rut season. Boo sat out there growling and snarling, and my mom said every hair he had on him was standing up straight. He wasn't barking. She could feel his growling, though, like you feel bass from a subwoofer. She got done and came back to the house. No other issues that night. A few nights later, a friend of mine was staying at the house. He grew up poor just like us, but he's a really good dude. His mom and dad were great, too. Anyway, it's about 11 or 11.30. It was Friday or Saturday because we had a 10 p.m. bedtime on weeknights and we were up late playing Killer Instinct on N64. Man, when I say this scared me, I thought my mom was being killed. We heard a scream and felt a noise come from the woods about 150 yards up that mountain. I didn't say shit. I kept playing, thinking that my brain is playing tricks on me. Five minutes later, it happened again. This time, it was maybe 75, maybe 100 yards up, and it was getting closer. I stopped and asked my friend if he heard the same. He said, F yeah, I heard it the first goddamn time too. Man, I can't describe it. Fight or flight kicked in, and we were in a panic. I checked on my mom and my little brother, and both were fine. I woke my little bro up and told him what was going on, and we grabbed our rifles. I only had a 3006, my friend had a 20 gauge, and little bro had a 22. We parked our asses in the room we were in when we first heard it. When I say my heart was racing, if it was doing the 100 meter dash, it'd have beaten Usain Bolt. We didn't hear anything for about 30 minutes, just silence. We had the windows open due to no AC, and we had turned the fans off. We started hearing a noise coming from the woods, just pacing. It sounded like something was slowly plodding down the ridge to the house. I know it was no cat. You'll never hear a big cat. I've had cougars surprise me, and I never heard a thing. Whatever this was, it was big, and it made a lot of racket. We just kept sitting there, ears on alert. Another scream. This one shook our windows. Literally. Everything shook. 
There was nothing at that point that we could have done. It was within 25 yards or so of my house, and we were all petrified. Boo was just pacing back and forth. He wanted to get out so badly. I didn't want him to go, and neither did his little bro or my friend. He was our safety blanket in that moment. We decided to just hang out in there, and we started hearing grunting. That same grunt that my mom had heard a few nights before. All I can say is that I've heard a deer in rut. This was way too guttural. This freaking feeling of dread came over all of us. We all started bawling. We legit felt like we were going to die. Mom finally woke up and came in the room. She saw us all holding our guns and was like, what are you all doing? I put my hand up to my face. She saw we were crying and I put my index finger to my mouth to say shh. The grunting kept going, louder and louder. Then the pounding started. It wasn't hitting a tree or anything. It was hitting the ground, like punching the holy hell out of it. We could feel each hit. Mom said this was what she had heard the other night, but she didn't think much of it. The shit obviously scarred me. The grunting and pounding stopped. Mom decided to send Boo out. Nikki and Bella, our other dogs, didn't do shit. Boo was just a badass, and we were his family. He beelined it up the ridge. That was it. We heard a single yelp, and then nothing. We didn't hear anything else that night. For several days it was that way. Boo was gone, and we were all shook up. I think it was five or six days later, my stepdad went to use the outhouse, and laying next to the building was Boo. I swear on my life that this dog was literally torn apart. There were no bite marks. It wasn't a cat. He had literally been ripped apart, limb by limb. I don't know what it was. Could have been a bear, but I'm not sure. I know that we moved out of there a month later, and that damn place can't keep people in it anymore. Not sure if it's because of the plumbing, or because there's something else out there. When I was 10, my parents and I went to visit my grandmother for spring break. My cousin also came to visit, and we decided we wanted to go to the YMCA for the day. My grandma dropped us off and said she would come back to pick us up in four hours. On that day, the YMCA was empty. There were a couple of adults in the exercise room, but that was it. We went to the basketball court, and after two hours of playing tag and shooting baskets, we got bored. I've never been the biggest fan of swimming, but this YMCA had a pretty cool pool, so we changed into our bathing suits and headed down there. The pool was empty except for the lifeguard. We played a bunch of games, swam laps, but after about an hour, there wasn't much left to do and there was no one except us to hang out with, so things gradually got less interesting. So we decided to play a game of seeing how long we could hold our breath underwater. We stood in the shallow end, near the clock on the wall, so we could time ourselves. Instead of fully submerging, we just stuck our heads and faces down into the water. We did this a couple of times, and I was winning. On our last round, I felt a tap on my shoulder. I figured it was my cousin giving up and telling me that I won, but instead, 
It was the lifeguard who told me to knock it off, or she was going to have to ask us to leave the pool. Since we were tired of being in the pool anyway, we figured we would get out, get dressed, and go back to the basketball court until Grandma picked us up. We only had an hour left anyway, and the water was freezing. As we got out, the lifeguard stopped us and asked if we wanted to go into the sauna to warm up and dry off. The sign said 18 years or older, so of course, we were super excited that she allowed us to do that. She walked us to the sauna and unlocked the door. The door was glass, and the interior was made entirely out of wood. Inside, above the door, there was a clock probably to help make sure you were not in there for an unsafe amount of time. The lifeguard stand was adjacent to the sauna, but if you looked out the door, you couldn't clearly see it. She followed us in and went over to the thermometer encased in plastic, unlocked it so she could crank up the heat. I figured that she must have to turn it on each time, so I didn't think anything of it. Both my cousin and I were very short girls, so we couldn't see the temperature that was printed on the thermometer knob but I know she was turning it up. Then she left and shut the door behind her. I thought I saw her lock the door too, but then I thought to myself, why would she lock the door when we might need to get out? I checked the clock and decided we should get out in about 10 to 15 minutes. It was already plenty warm in the sauna, but now the room was blazing. It felt nice because I was so cold from the pool. After about 15 minutes though, it was starting to get a little too hot and my cousin agreed that we should leave so we can get dressed. I went to turn the knob on the door, but it wasn't budging. I thought maybe it was jammed, so I shook it a little bit, but it still wasn't opening, and then I let my cousin try. She couldn't get it open either. We figured the lifeguard would be back in a couple of minutes, so we sat back down and waited. The room was getting hotter now, too, and I just wanted to leave. I got up, and started banging on the door, shaking and twisting the knob trying to get the lifeguard's attention. My cousin got up and joined me. We started screaming at the top of our lungs for her to let us out, but she just stared straight ahead. I don't think there's any way that she couldn't have noticed or heard two little girls banging and kicking the door, all the while screaming their heads off. Now, we had been in there for about 25 minutes. It was so hot in the sauna that it hurt to breathe. It felt like my lungs were on fire. My eyes and skin were burning. We sat back down and put our towels over our heads because they were still a little damp and it made it just a little easier to breathe. I was so worried about my cousin and she's a couple years younger than me. I looked at the clock and saw that we had been in there for 35 minutes now. I got up and walked to the door again and saw the lifeguard still just staring straight ahead. Again, I tried to get her attention by screaming that we needed out and banging on the door as hard as I could, but still nothing. I was starting to get pretty dizzy, so I went to go sit back down, but the wooden seats of the sauna burned my skin. My towel was completely dry, so I put it underneath me to sit on. My hair was also dry, but I wrapped it across my face to cover my nose, and I squinted my eyes so that they didn't burn as bad but I could still watch if anyone walked past the door. It helped a little bit. My cousin was laying face down with a towel over her head, not moving or saying anything, so I nudged her to make sure that she was still okay. She was, but I could tell that we really needed to get out of there soon, because she seemed a bit disoriented. It had been 45 minutes now, 
and I was extremely nauseous. There was no way that lifeguard would forget that we were in there, and I hoped with every fiber of me that she would have to come back soon. But there was this little voice in my head telling me, maybe she purposely locked us in there. Finally, a man walked past the door towards the pool, but for some reason, I just couldn't get up. My whole body was on fire, and I felt so dizzy. Luckily, this man wasn't going to the pool. He wanted to be led into the sauna, and came back with the lifeguard. I saw them walking this way, and I immediately jumped up to grab my cousin. I knew now that for sure she had locked us in there, because she had to pull out her keys in order to unlock the door and let this man in. I didn't want to take any chances of us being trapped in there any longer, so as the man was trying to walk in, I was trying to shove our way out. As we were going out, the lifeguard started trying to shut the door and push us back with it. The man was clearly confused about what was going on and said, Um, I think they want out. The lifeguard let out a sigh and opened the door fully as we ran away as fast as we could into the changing room. We only had about 10 minutes before our grandmother was supposed to pick us up. We were both so shaken by what had just happened that we didn't say anything to each other as we got dressed or even on the car ride home. When we got back to the house, my parents were making us dinner and I told them the story of what just happened. They thought that I must have been exaggerating and they didn't believe me. I truly think that that woman was going to let us cook alive in there. The only bit of doubt that I have is what would have happened if we actually died. She obviously would have gotten the blame. What was her endgame here? I'm 21 now, but I think about this interaction all the time, and when I'm in small spaces, or I get too warm, I still have panic attacks. No one believes this story, and I get it. It's pretty absurd. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to ask for opinions, but do you think that this could have been some crazy misunderstanding? Or do you think that she really just left us in there to die? And why?